What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor.fm Blog Talk Radio Just 
in Kentucky and Lexington alone that would pretty much fill the show in the Breeders' Cup. Um, Kentucky played an exhibition game. The basketball team did. Um, there was a football game Saturday. That was tough to swallow, but uh, that happened as well. Um, Kentucky soccer and volleyball were out there doing their thing as well. Um, so a lot of stuff going on. A lot happened. And then as we branch out like we always do, there was a lot happening uh, in other areas of the sports world as well, man. So just tons of stuff to just dive into. Uh, let me let you just lead off. Where do you want to steer it first? Just whatever's on your chest well, first, course. whatever is most important. <laughs> Go ahead and hit it. <laughs> Well, of course, there's the there's the Tennessee game uh, this past week and the football game uh, this past Halloween, and uh, it, it was just a debacle. It, it was definitely something we didn't want to see that we kind of all kind of hope we wouldn't see uh, again. But uh, you know, I'm the the course of these folks are getting smaller and smaller. But I still don't think the season is lost. Uh, a lot of folks uh, are, are kind of down in the dumps, and you know, there's even talk. I've seen people talk about Mark Stoops being on the hot seat, and you know, if he gets to a bowl, which is still in the realm of possibility, how can you put him on the hot seat? You know, we uh, Kentucky has not been to that many bowls, so getting us bowl eligible is still a huge step in the right direction. So. Uh, other than that, there's just not a lot you can take away from uh, the Tennessee game. Just outplayed in all phases of the game, offensive, defense, and special teams. Just a uh, top to bottom butt whooping. I mean, that's that's pretty much all. <laughs> that's all you can say about the, that game on Saturday. We we try to get away from the same old Kentucky. We've seen a lot of things that have put same old Kentucky in the rearview mirror. Um, The outcomes against Tennessee are still (laughs) some things that are in that same old we've seen this movie before category. Um, We hope. I I never said that they could beat Tennessee. That was one I picked. As a loss in the summer, I picked it as a loss last week. But still, I picked 31 to 20 because I really thought that they could, you know, fight and give it a good go, you know, and come up short. Uh, didn't see Tennessee hanging half a hundred again, uh, 52-21, and this follows up 50 to 16 down in Neyland last year. Uh, I didn't think, especially after, you know, getting – getting whooped in Mississippi State. I didn't see another whooping happening. But that is what happened. You nailed it on the head. Tennessee made big plays in pretty much every conceivable way. Had had huge running plays. Kamara got a big run down to the one. Josh Dobbs had some big runs. Big pass plays. Right after Kentucky went up fourteen to ten, I mean, anytime Kentucky had some things go their way, I mean, Tennessee immediately responded, and that, that seventy eighty yard bomb for a touchdown to put them back up seventeen fourteen just sucked the life out of out of Commonwealth. I mean, it's like, are you serious? We're sitting here hoping, like, all right, let's 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 try to get a three and out, let's try to force another punt, and 
boom, you know, they, they dropped the big bomb and, and took the lead back. Then, like you mentioned, the special teams, the kickoff, the punt return touchdowns, uh, the interceptions, they made big plays all across the board. The only thing they didn't do, uh, make a big play, was in a, in a trick play department because they didn't have to. Because they, you know, uh, like I said, a, a complete beat down. And, you know, Coach Stoops is still resilient. He's still saying, insisting that things will get fixed, uh, things are correctable. Guys aren't quitting. Guys are still all in, still buying in. It's going to be tough at Georgia this Saturday. You know, it's not, even though they're not having the season they wanted to have, uh, they just got pummeled against Florida. Uh, the natives down there are kind of asking the same Mark Rick questions that you hear every year, but they're underachieving, losing games they shouldn't. Uh, you tweeted me, we said on the show about Georgia going to Georgia. They started a new quarterback last week, and it didn't go well. Um, and they've been playing bad. They've beaten Missouri, what, 9-6. to six. Uh, And then they followed that up with just scoring three points against Florida in the world's largest cocktail party game. You know, we will Kentucky be able to go in and catch them still flipping, still struggling? You hope they don't get some of these kinks worked out against Kentucky. Had the same situation against Auburn where they had been struggling, hadn't been able to get things going, and then they kind of found their stride against Kentucky. Um, it just, you know, Boone Williams is not going to be available with his elbow injury. Two teams are just kind of trying to right the ship is what's going to happen down in Athens Saturday. Uh, Georgia's a big favorite in spite of everything they got going on. Uh, you just kind of don't know what's going to happen this Saturday as far as even predicting it. I mean, and that was a blowout game last year. Georgia came to Lexington and won in one of those butt-whooping type games as well. And, and you just hope that we don't see that slide like we did last year. And I think a lot of fans are kind of looking uh, at that uh, with the with the games that we uh, lost toward the end of the year, uh, I you know my whole my fear is that if it's another blowout loss, then um, it, it's then we re- we reach critical mass. I don't want that to happen. Uh, a lot of folks are still on the blame tolls bandwagon. And while he has been far from perfect in, in, in Tennessee, I mean, he was absolutely dreadful, there's more to the to writing this ship than just Patrick Tolles. And I tried to express that sentiment to, to some fans over Twitter after the game. You know, I'm saying, I'm not saying Tolles is, is, is perfect. In fact, I'm calling him out on some of his poor decisions. But there's a whole lot more going on than just, uh, Patrick Tolles. Uh, the defense, uh, we can't stop anybody. We we can't tackle anybody. And you've seen that the yeah. last two weeks. Uh, I mean, the, you said it, that Tennessee didn't have to do anything uh, exotic, any trickeration, uh, as the coaches say. They just lined it up the same way Mississippi State did and just and just pounded the ball. 
and that's got to be a concern moving forward that we hadn't seen that uh, this year, especially teams just lining up and just pounding the rock. And and that's got to be a concern moving forward. Uh, I just hope they can regroup. There's still some wins out there. Uh, But wow, when you have a a loss like that, it's ugly. It really is. And, you know, there were, like you said, the, it's like when, when something is going good over here, we used the analogy uh, when we had Dwayne Peavy on, you know, kind of like juggling plates, you know, the performer at the circus, you know, spinning plates. It's kind of what, you know, himself and Mitch Martin have to do with all the different athletic programs, and they've been able to get them all elevated. And, you know, now they're sustaining all of the uh, good performances of all the programs across the board of Kentucky. Same thing with Kentucky, you know, when the defense is, is bowing up and, and making some stops or bending and not breaking, then you got the offense that's not able to get anything going. Uh, then the offense kind of comes to life, and this this happened a lot against Tennessee. You know, um, you get the, the big play, uh, the fumble return by C.J. Johnson to put Kentucky up seven and nothing. That would have probably at worst, given Tennessee a field goal, probably maybe a touchdown as they were moving the ball. But Kentucky gets a big play there, and then, you know, you kept waiting for the offense to, to do something, get something going, because they kept going three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. I tweeted from my seat. I said, Kentucky's offense at least needs to flip the field, get a couple first downs, and, and they weren't able to do it. Cause you couldn't keep asking your defense to go out there and – you know, Tennessee starting at the Kentucky 40, you know, excellent field position. You just That was just had disaster written all over it. Uh, Kentucky's first first down came via a, a personal foul. Um, and then, you know, when they did finally show signs of life and get some things going, then you had the defense that kind of <laughs> started slipping. So you, you couldn't have everything rolling at the same time. Uh, you mentioned the missed tackles. Uh, there were some missed tackles on Dobbs' run. Um, Kamara had a third down play where he, he later was called out of bounds after he got the first down anyway, but he ran right through a tackle well before he would have gotten the first down. Um, and then we've seen the drops all year. Like you said, when, when Toles is clicking, sometimes he gets some very, very costly drops. Uh, there are times when he's not uh, – not on point like you think he ought to be. So it's just a little bit of everything just not ever clicking at the same time. Uh, It's still searching for consistent continuity uh, on all cylinders, you know, even though we're kind of eight games in now. Yeah, and and that's the thing is it's – my whole thing is it's the chicken or the egg argument when you look at (laughs) – offensively is it the receivers drops that is uh, you know messing with toll's head about how accurate he needs to be or is his accuracy an issue with the receivers is it the offensive line it, it, there's a lot to go there's a lot of blame to go around but when you look at the game as a in, a, in its entirety uh, the offensive line is not sustaining a pocket whatsoever. I mean, it's not a consistent pocket. And 
as every uh, talking head on TV says, you know, defensive guys, if, if you've got a quarterback looking down and not looking, you know, down the field, he's looking at his feet, then you've won. And uh, the quarterback starts seeing pressure that's not necessarily there. And you can see that, uh, that on a three-step drop, by the time Toll hits his back foot, he's got to make a move. He's got to avoid the rush on, on his first drop back. And, that, and then he starts rushing, and that's where you start seeing the, the poor throws. So there's a lot going on. Uh, the one thing I think would take advantage of that is, is, is hitting the tight end, hitting C.J. Conrad. You know, he had a heck of a play, you know, in the game. Uh, there's got to be some intermediate routes. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. The passing game can work. You know, uh, the West Coast offense that you're old enough to remember that Bill Walsh made famous in San Francisco and other coaches around the league picked up, uh, you know, three-step drop, get the ball out. You know, you hit those slants, you, uh, you know, get that five- or six-yard pass, hope your guy can make a play on it, you know, break one. I think that's what we need to do to alleviate some of that pressure off of tolls because they're getting pressure on him and uh, the defenses are, and it's not like they're blitzing. There's nothing exotic. They're just rushing four guys and they're causing so much havoc that it's kind of wrecking everything. And, you know, that's for all those who have been, you know, the vocal minority or the, the clamoring that you heard for Drew Barker, um, you finally got to see him in uh, the the ending series, you know, uh, against Mississippi State together in the second half. Uh, you know, Tolls have been running for his life, and as soon as Barker gets in there, you know, it's garbage time, but he's in there running for his life too, and the game's already, you know, in hand for Mississippi State. But he didn't come in there, and, you know, I know I'm sure there were some – that were like, hey, okay, let's see what he got. Well, you, you didn't get to see what he had because he had to get in there and, and start scrambling around too. Uh, couldn't get comfortable, couldn't set up shop or, or have a chance to pick anybody apart. So, yeah, the, the protection has, has uh, left a lot to be desired too. It surely has. Yeah, and, and that's it. And when we, you know, we're looking at the, the preseason, it was offensive line that we thought was going to be the unit to really. To solidify things, 
And and right now, here we are, November, and, and what what's the identity of this Kentucky team? I, I know you're probably tired of hearing this, but if you're going to be a successful team, you've got to have something. There's got to be one facet that you do well. And and I don't know what that is. You know, even when Boom was healthy, I wouldn't say that our running game was, uh, you know, was was something to be feared. Uh, and with him out, even even more so, it, it's not the case. So I, I just don't know what we do well that we can hang our hat on, uh, because in a game like Tennessee, if there's something you can do, you know, you kind of use that as a rallying point and kind of change change that momentum a little bit, but. You know that obviously that just wasn't the case on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So Kentucky now falls to a four and four, and heading down to Georgia, who was five and three after they lost to Florida. Tennessee, I mean Georgia was fifteen, sixteen, somewhere in the mid-teens favorite. Um, and like you said, even with Boom's explosiveness. You still just we're kind of wondering what we're what we're trying to do, what we're trying to get at, what we're what are we trying to be? Uh, so it's still uh, the progress has been made. So Tim Sullivan had an article uh, in the Courier Journal right there in your hometown of Louisville. Uh, the Cats now have reached uh, mediocrity. They're they're respectable, uh, but now the climb. Up in amongst the big dogs is, is a steep one. Um, we're kind of seeing that uh, there's, just, you know, some re- good recruiting has been done, and good recruiting continues to need to be done. Got another good class lined up next year, and that class has some big time offensive linemen, in-state offensive linemen coming. Drake Jackson, Landon Young, uh, guys like that are coming, um, but they'll have to be developed and coached up. Uh, Will some be redshirted? Maybe, maybe not. Um, as the the depth continues to be built uh, at the UK program, so uh, in spite of all that, a bowl is still there to be made. Um, Coach Stoops has proven that he can get off to a good start in the first half of the season. He went five and one last year, four and two this year. So you combine the the first half of the last two seasons, that's nine and three. Now the, the second half of the year, finishing the year, is what's been elusive. Um, that that elusive sixth win, you know, was just out of reach last year. You come into the second half this year needing two wins, uh, and we'll see if we can secure that. And, and you know, six and six, despite what everybody's saying with the top stuff, being realistic and being objective and, you know, looking at things, as they are with him being in his third year, considering where he started when he got there, six and six would be a one-game improvement over the five and seven and get you to that bowl. A bowl in year three is what everybody would hope for, despite the fact that maybe, you know, eight four could have been possible if you beat Auburn, if you beat Florida, things of that nature. If you still end up six and six, you still should be happy with what happened. Yeah, and and that's the thing. I, I think it is okay to be disappointed, but you should really – and you have to look at, okay, again, 
better better program right now than uh, South Carolina. I would say even with some of the turmoil that Missouri is, is having, uh, you know, it's still to be seen kind of where we stand with Vanderbilt, but that's still progress. And, and right now, this is this is that tough leap to get from bottom tier. You know, we were on the ground floor. Now you got to get from the bottom tier, you know, to the middle, and, and then, uh, you know, see how far you can jump. The losses that we've had, particularly, you know, Ole Miss and Tennessee, you know, we weren't favored to win those. You know, we're winning the games that we're supposed to win, even though Eastern Kentucky was a little bit closer than I think we all were comfortable with. That's that's really what you can ask of the program at this point. Again, I don't think anybody is okay with the blowout fashion of these last two losses, but there's still positive that's going on. And uh, I just want to see the, the crowd kind of be there the next go round for uh, you know for the next home game. Yeah, still got um, Charlotte at home and finish up with Louisville at home. Um, Vanderbilt is playing better. Vanderbilt has a nasty defense, um, so the offense will have to find something, you know, consistently to be able to attack that. Uh, because I mean, you don't want it to be this knockdown, dragout, ugly type of game that Vanderbilt likes to play, and then there it is, ten to nine, and you're trying to drive on them at the you know late stages of that game uh, of what thought would be a game where Kentucky should be able to win. You know, you beat them last year, uh, still feel that you're better and ahead of them this year, and you don't want to slip back and uh, concede one to them that you thought that you'd be able to, to have for yourself. Um, so, yeah, you know, the, the offense, we'll have to see. You know, and boom, is game by game. It's not going to be there Saturday. Um, that, that nasty elbow came down and try to keep his balance going and just the weight of the body uh, was too much for the arm to handle and the joint to handle. Uh, and it's just one of those things. A lot of times you can get that hand down and, and propel yourself and catch yourself and keep going. And sometimes it's just you're going too fast and got too much momentum. No matter how in shape and how strong and athletic you are, you will hyperextend that. And that's what happened with Boone. And uh, you can tell how, how much pain he was in once it happened. Got up went straight to the locker room. Um, and this was a thing, too. I didn't – it's nothing illegal, nothing dirty, but so many running backs go down against Tennessee. You look over the last few years, you know, Marcus Lattimore, South Carolina, uh, who went on to play a little bit for your 49ers before retiring. A really, really bad knee injury. Um, George has been hit the worst. Nick Chubb this year went out on a play. You know, he's hit out of bounds against Tennessee. You know, nothing illegal about it. Uh, Todd Gurley went out last year against Tennessee. Keith Marshall, who was there with Gurley, injured. Just a, a string of guys, and I almost thought, well, Boone better really watch himself. And then he up and, and has that injury there against Tennessee. Crazy, fluky stuff. It's not like they're you know, taking guys out intentionally. Just football happens. 
against Tennessee when we're running backs are concerned here later. It's just a little bit of a trend of that. Yeah, uh, as the the famous kind of video from that Alabama fan, they some low down dirty snitches there, at Tennessee. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah, man. Anytime you can throw that out, that that's pretty good. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So now we look to uh, hopefully beat on them twice. You know, when we play in basketball this year, so. Uh, Another long 365 days, and we'll see what happens when we're in Neyland Stadium again when we get another shot at on the football field. Uh, another lopsided one went to the Volunteers this coming Saturday. Uh, let's flip to some other stuff in Lexington, man. Let's go ahead and hit the Breeders' Cup. History was made. History was anticipated, and America Pharaoh delivered. And I mean, <laughs> a grand slam, which you know we've seen triple crowns before. We, you and I, saw one this year. Before that, we hadn't seen one with our own eyes that we could actually recall. But a triple crown happened, and he said, "Forget that. I'm gonna go on out and, and do the grand slam before I retire." And American Pharaoh did just that. Yeah, and that's a that's a special horse. And uh, you know, I told you I was trying to get our good friend Matt May, who's the PR guy over there at Keeneland, but he's still uh, got a lot of stuff going on to kind of talk about that. So hopefully, we'll get him on here in a couple of weeks. But uh, just very special. It's the kind of thing that the horse racing industry uh, needed. You know, you, you you needed that horse to kind of latch on to, and it wasn't just that he won, it was the manner in which he won. I mean, yeah, he had that one stumble, I think it was a Traverse Stakes after the Belmont, but in the Triple Crown races and this Breeders' Cup, I mean, there's a there's a gap. I mean, he's, he's head and shoulders above the rest of the field, and, and that's what has elevated him to all-time great status. So uh, definitely, uh, was, I was excited to see that. Uh, that kind of added some excitement to the day there in Lexington, uh, a little bit of a letdown of the Tennessee game, but uh, a, a great crowd, great weather, so just a great event all the way around. Yeah, and this was, you know, my lovely wife, Miss Katie Hardy, and I made just a whole day of it in Lexington. We got up early. Uh, we drove to my mom and dad's house Friday evening and uh, got up and left from there. Saturday morning, about seven seven thirty. Uh, got to Lexington about ten thirty. Uh, caught a little bit of the SEC Nation show with Feinbaum and Mark Spears and Kibo and all those guys at Tumbo Stadium. Then left there and went to England, which was our first time out there because I was peppering you with all of the frequently asked questions about it because I am embarrassed my state and embarrass you as a Kentuckian and the world because I had never been to either Churchill Downs or Keeneland. So I was asking you all the horse racing one-on-one questions about, you know, what was up when we got there. And we got out there and, you know, it was cloudy and overcast, but it, it never did just pour at a few little drizzles here and there. 
we stayed and took in about three races. And, you know, we didn't stay for American Pharaoh just wanted to go down to Combo Stadium. But just the excitement of, of seeing each race, you know, happen right there in front of you. Uh, and it's beautiful out there. It's still, the, the leaves are still up and bright and, and fall looking. And the venue was immaculate, you know. Uh, you had everybody dressed up like you see, you know. I was just a general admission guy because I was dressed to go to the ball game. So, but everybody that did dress up was doing their thing. So it was a lot of fun. It was and, uh, definitely want to do it again in the spring or another time in the fall. But but had a ball, and then went and got us a bite to eat and saw American Pharaoh just you know whoop everybody and and go out in the grandest fashion possible. So I mean it was just unbelievable all the way around. Uh, and I had a lot of fun with glad to be able to finally now say that I've been to some races. Yeah, you're, you're still going to have to come up uh, to Churchill Downs at some point and take that in. Yeah, I, yeah. And uh, I'd want to go ahead and just, you know, do that up with a big suit of some kind and and get some shoe mats and go all out and, and uh, check that out, too. I need to go ahead and got one down, still got a big one to go. You are absolutely right. But I, I hope I took away some of the embarrassment because I, I shamed you last week. You know, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you, we, we can let you back into the state now that you've actually been to, to one of the two big racetracks. <laughs> I'm working on it. I got to get to work on Churchill Downs now for sure. Um, Kentucky basketball played Ottawa, uh, Ottawa in an exhibition game. A lot of us didn't get to see it. I was one of those who did not watch it. Were you able to catch it online or or track it down and, and check out a little bit of the 59 point win? I, I, I saw a little bit uh, of it Tuesday night. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com marathon. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is my basketball night, so uh, I didn't see the whole thing. Uh, but it's exciting. Uh, Jamal Murray is the real deal. And Ju- in, in you saw his stat line. Yeah. Almost a triple-double. And I, I think, you know, since – and that's one of the weirdest things, I think, Weirdest stat line of Kentucky basketball is we've only got the one triple-double. You know, we've had some guys 
Texas have come close. Anthony Davis had some close ones. Uh, Nerlens uh, Noel had some close ones. But I'm going to put my money on, particularly early on before the competition gets real, real stiff, I think Jamal Murray is going to do it. That is my takeaway uh, so far. Uh, the one thing I do like is the guys are already seemingly playing well together. That is that is huge. Anybody that's played basketball knows it takes a little bit of time to uh, uh, get that familiarity, that on-the-court familiarity, but uh, they look good. And you can tell this is Tyler Ulysses' team, and, and they will go as he directs them, and I don't see him letting up. He, he is – uh, you know, as I used to say about Allen Iverson, pound for pound, he's 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 probably the 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 biggest baddest leader that that we've had uh, in a while, and that's that's a good thing. He, he's got you know that that little man syndrome where he's ready to just jump in and fight, and that's 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 what we need. That's we we've, we've got to have that uh, edge, you know, uh, with all the talent that has come through, uh, particularly under Cal. Kentucky, we play our best when there's a little bit of an edge to us. Um, I wrote a piece on the 2011 team, you know, the team that kind of gets forgotten about from Cal. You know, Eric, you know, there's that book that Aaron Torres wrote about the John Wall team. And, of course, 2012 won the national championship. And 2013 remembered for the year that went bad wrong. You know, 2014 it was the tweak, and last year was 38 and one. But when you, when I've talked to Kentucky fans, people rarely bring up the 2011 team, and, and Brandon Knight is kind of forgotten about when you talk about Cal point guards or even guys in the NBA. And that team was special, and that team had an edge that DeAndre Liggins brought. You know, in in. in yeah. Our teams play better when they've got that that kind of edgy grit to them, and I think that's what uh, Tyler Ulysses is bringing to this year's squad. And I mean, it's still just preseason exhibition, the blue-white game. That's all that they got in their belts so far this year. But he is just uh, so in control. He's still just barely starting his sophomore year. He's so under control. Like you said, he is the, uh, you know, unanimous leader of the team. He's already still so wise beyond his years, yet very, very young. But, yet, like you said, he, he, he's got his his fingerprints over everything. Uh, he, he seems like just an old veteran. Like he's been here for years. Yeah, it, it it just points to the the caliber of young man that Cal's bringing in here. Uh, I was really impressed last year with Ulysses and really everybody who, at least on the outside, had accepted their roles, particularly on the platoon. But when Andrew was having some struggles, kind of mid season, and and Ulysses was coming in uh, and, and sparking some games and and, and really changing some things. You know, he could have uh, uh, really kind of derailed things a little bit had he been vocal. You know, there were some talks outside and inside the Big Blue Nation about 
you know, Ulysses over Andrew Harrison, and I thought he he handled that remarkably well. Again, I don't know internally, but on the outside, uh, seems pretty unified. So now, uh, he's got the keys to the Porsche. He's got the he's got the keys to drive this thing, and uh, with with the weapons that we have at our disposal, uh, I said it last year, and it kind of proved to be true. And, and this year, there's a lot of different flexibility. With, with lineups that Cal's going to be able to work with and and really uh, exploit. The one thing I, I'm really concerned about, though, is, is defense. Because last year's team was very, very efficient and, and could lock you down defensively. You know, uh, when the game was on the line against Notre Dame in the tournament, in the Elite Eight, defensively lock you down and offensively make plays. I think the offense is there right now just based on talent, but I'm going to be eager to see how the season progresses, how defensively these guys uh, get to play. And my concern would probably be interior defense. Uh, There might be issues out on the perimeter uh, but, you know, they got the guys and the length to fix that. It, even it might be a point where it's just, you know, that want to defense is all about want to effort, hustle, where they have to be coached up and, and realize how much you have to bring it. Uh, I'm talking about Mulder and Murray and, and those guys, Matthew, you know, the wing guys. Um, but down low, this, this, you know, we got Lynch, just don't have any books. Scal is in, Mark Lee is in. If Willis is uh, matched up on a four, back to back, then your Poitras has the book. Uh, Humphreys is just so young, but he's got some bulk too, kind of a, you know, being compared to a bigger version of Josh Harrelson. Uh, but just down low, if, if they just want to force it in and try to just punish. The thin bigs, I guess that would be my concern defensively too, unless it just becomes a problem with the perimeter guys that are just, you know, not not you know working at it. I think that'll kind of fix itself even if it starts off slow. But you know, these these, these guys aren't going to get bulkier <laughs> over the next couple of months, so that would be if I'm concerned. That'd be my one concern. Well, yeah, there, and, and do we have an elite shot blocker back there? That's that's something else that we've had a pretty good run of lately. When you look at Cauley Stein and Towns last year, and then you had Cauley Stein and, and, and Randall, while not explosive, he was he was a he was a load inside. And and then you look at Nerlens Noel and the season he was having before his injury. And of course, I mean Anthony Davis. What would, would <laughs> we run out of superlatives to talk about how his defense was? So, and that really helps solidify the defense. Uh, is there going to be somebody that's going to be back there in the paint to really shut down those drives to the paint? That's going to be interesting as well. I mean, they can still be a, a great defensive team without that shot blocker, but I think. Uh, it, it's been my experience that that helps. 
if you've got somebody back there that can erase a lot of mistakes, uh, that helps a lot. So that's going to be interesting to see how they can uh, do that uh, going forward. But I think offensively they will be fine. Uh, I think that everybody will kind of find their roles. And with Euless uh, back there being the uh, conductor of this orchestra, it's going to be exciting. They're going to put points on the board. They're going to get out and transition. And then and another thing, and this is way down the road, is in the NCAA tournament, if the Cats are rolling, I don't want to see John Calipari take his foot off the gas. I want to see us keep attacking. But I think there's a lot of folks in the Big Blue Nation that would agree that, you know, you can't run for 36 minutes and then stop. You have to keep attacking. So that's that's my one takeaway for, for March. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, – hopefully that will be the case. Uh, just keep cruising, keep rolling, as you, you know, indirectly mentioned the Wisconsin game and, heck, even the Kansas game from 2012. <laughs> we, <laughs> we know what you're talking about for sure. So, yeah, keep the pedal down, uh, keep pounding, uh, and, you know, if, if it – doesn't go your way, it's not because you took away the aggression. Right. And and just a little side note, you know, the NBA has started, and I've watched uh, Minnesota play a couple of games, and Carl Anthony Towns is he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. Just uh, ridiculous. Ridiculously talented, and we knew that, but uh, he's really showing his skill set in the NBA. And every time I'm watching him, it just makes me, I don't want to say upset or, or, or sad or what the word is about that Wisconsin game. Can we get that game back? Because of all the times, you know, other than 2012 that we've fallen short, last year's that is the one that got away. You know, I, I think that the 2014 team with that tweak and that run and those Aaron Harrison shots, we were playing with house money, you know, when we got to play Connecticut. I wanted to win it, but we had a very good run. In, in 2011, you know, I, I wrote a piece on those guys and getting to the Final Four, beating Ohio State, beating uh, North Carolina, Okay, you know, and, and, and again, losing to UConn, okay, I, I, I kind of get that. And then, uh, you know, the John Wall team, not a great perimeter shooting team. That's what West Virginia made them do. Those kind of nights happen. But when I think back to that Wisconsin game and how the offense kind of went away from, from Towns man, and seeing what he's doing now, that one that one's going to hurt. The 2015, and, you know, I don't want to say disappointed, but, yeah, that's the one that got away. Yeah, <clears throat> it is. It sure is. Um, I guess, um, I don't know, over it pretty good. It, 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 you know, when you, when you see a team win 38 straight, you, of course, have your hopes up so they can finish but I don't know. Part of you is like, eh, you know, 
will somebody up and bite them. It could happen, especially now in the Final Four. Everybody's good. Um, so as bad as you want to see it, part of me is still like, mm, you know, 38 in the road is a lot. And, and I don't know. So I, I, I got over it good. Uh, but yeah, it did. It definitely slipped away. Uh, just, just seeing one more basket, too. I think if you if you go up six, you know, 60 to 56, if you get one more basket, it's, it's minuscule as it seems, it ratchets up the pressure that much more on Wisconsin because it's crunch time already. So it, it didn't happen, but you kind of can't help but wonder if it one more bucket would have been all you needed to outlast them or survive them and get through to the finals. Yeah, but, you know, and I, I try not to harp on that, but just watching Towns and you're thinking, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I, I don't want to bring it up. I'm moving forward, but this is the one, this is the one that stinks. This is the one that just, it, it it it's going to take a while to to kind of get over this, but the good thing is we're going to be we're going to be right back in the mix. AP number two, and and you have to feel good about our chances for another deep run. So we're going to have another shot. That's the good thing uh, about being a Kentucky fan at this point. Uh, but yeah, 2015 is going to be tough to to look at. Because I have not watched that game. I have not gone back and watched it or anything like that. That joins the uh, Dwayne Wade Elite Eight game from 03 of games I avoid like the plague. <laughs> right, right. And this NBA thing, this is a perfect segue that you uh, brought up the NBA anyway, but Towns is 17 and 10 right now. Um, so he just, you know, Smoothly transitioning right on in to the NBA, um, and well, I got a couple of temples questions. So you can get to that uh, as well, and a lot of NBA to talk about. Uh, Clippers and Warriors tonight at ten thirty. I mean that is huge because they don't have a lot of love between themselves. You know, if the division folds and uh, banter and barbs have been thrown back and forth between those two teams. When we get to that, we get to the Warriors and how uh, they're just running rough shot over the league already. Uh, we'll talk about our two teams residing the Western Conference as well. Um, catch our breath a little bit. Take us a quick little break. Uh, but yeah, NBA, tons of that coming up. Uh, NFL, the first playoff rankings came out for college football. We'll talk about that a little bit. And the World Series has concluded. We have a new champion in MLB. We got all that and much, much more. You're listening to Cat Talk with Vinny and Terry on the Brown and Hardy Radio Network on blogtalkradio.com. We'll be right back in a couple minutes.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What I want first is what you need. I had to give that to you to make it do what it do. I had to compromise for those Lakers 
open the season against Minnesota TV. And I didn't think it would finish the game, but and I'm not trying to bring up old wounds, but the Lakers were in control. So, I mean, you had a double, 10-12 point lead. Uh, and then I saw they lost by a point. How, what did, you know, did Charles Towns go off or, did, you know, what, Wiggins go crazy? What what happened there at the end? Because I literally missed it, and I was really shocked to wake up and see that the Lakers had dropped the home over there. Uh, Ricky Rubio uh, the, the, just went just went berserk. That was that was the difference. Uh, I kind of like the game plan uh, that Byron Scott had of, of letting Rubio shoot because we know that that's not typically been his strong suit. But he got on a run, and you would just think uh, that you make some adjustments, and they and they didn't do that. Uh, Kobe hit some shots coming right out of the gate. But as you know, and, and our lesson, listeners should know, that, that Benny had a birthday yesterday, so he's joining me in the old man club. Is uh, <laughs> Kobe came out that first half and looked kind of like I won't say vintage Kobe, but hey, you know he could he could still do things. But that second half, the lift isn't there, and, and that's the thing. It's the he, he just can't explode into his jump shot or, or finish at the rim like he used to. And and that's why they say Father Time is undefeated. And and that's how they that's how they lost that game. Hmm. I still okay. don't I... think that Kobe has really come to grips with where he is in his career. Uh-huh. He's coming off to back, you know, injury shortened seasons. Uh, and he's, he's like us. He's, he's looking at forty, kind of over the horizon, and he can't do what he was doing even five or six years ago. Uh, age and injuries kind of rob everybody of that. Um, and I, you know, I tweeted some stuff after the game last night where he had some jump shots that kind of looked like my jump shots, and <laughs> uh, you know, some people thought I was being too rough, and I said, no, no, I'm a Kobe fan. Okay, I'm a Kobe guy. You know, you know, a, a lot of folks like to say he's this, that. I'm a Kobe guy. But it's just heartbreaking to see your guy just have a steep drop-off like that. I think he can continue. I think he can adjust the game. I think he can get back into the offense and, and do some things to help this team be successful. I just don't know if it's in him to do. Uh, and there was a stark difference that first night. Kevin Garnett in Minnesota, back in Minnesota now, and you could see him talking to Towns and, and talking to some of the younger guys on the Timberwolves team. That's not Kobe. That's not who Kobe is. He's not a, a, a teammate like that. And that's neither good nor bad. That's just how he's wired. He's not wired to be that kind of person. So I don't know how Byron Scott's going to soothe his ego while get the young guy some run because Julius Randle is a beast. The beast we saw in Lexington for his one season is the beast we're now seeing in L.A. And because in the NBA you can't clutch and grab in the post as much as you can 
in college, he's physically strong. Last night he had a, a spin move up and under dunk on Kenneth Fareed. He is the power forward of the future for the Lakers. And for him and these young guys to uh, to grow, Kobe's going to have to take a little bit of a step back. Stephen A. Smith keeps saying that he's, he's just off. You know, uh, he's gonna he's gonna get it. He's gonna kind of you know fall into place. Uh, and I listened to him a little bit on the way home. And there's callers calling in saying Kobe's looking more done than he is just rusty or just out of sync. Uh, and so I was definitely wanting to see what you thought. Um, and you said you compared a shot to looking like yours and then Father Time being undefeated. And you're kind of leaning more. You're not going to see vintage as much as we used to. Not even 33-year-old Kobe compared to now 37-year-old Kobe. So, well, you, well and you, I heard yeah. something interesting today. Uh, Brian Windhorst, who's an NBA guy for ESPN, that I didn't realize because of Kobe's injuries, he was not cleared to shoot until the latter part of August. And the way that, that may not sound like a – uh, a big deal. Uh, I know Kobe is his jump shot is you know he's got his home gym and all that kind of stuff. That that is his thing. Uh, it's a it's a rhythm thing like a golfer swing, and for him not to be to miss out on you know months and months of shooting activities, uh, that's got to take its toll. So I'm I'm hopeful that he can turn the corner. Uh, but coming off injury and age, I just don't see it being in his favor. I want to be wrong on this. I just don't right. think I am. Right, right. Um, so they are what, 0 and 3 now, currently. Uh, yeah, they're still winless. They're still winless. Yeah, well, um, we both and. Uh, and, and right now, the, the the California team, it's it's not the Lakers. It's it's the uh, it's Golden State. And what Steph Curry is doing is amazing. Just the way that he is controlling that team, and and I know you're a fan of point guard play like I am, and it is just phenomenal how he is able to get to anywhere he wants to on the court. And I don't know how you have a a defensive game plan uh, to stop him. If, I mean, it's one of those things, you crowd him, he goes by you, and he's creating for his teammates. If you give him too much room, you know, if you don't have a, a hand on him as he's crossing half court, you know, that's a that's a, that's a three. <laughs> so it, the Golden State's going to be very, very fun to watch. Yeah, and – um, you know, when he first came into the league, uh, you know, a lot of people wondered if he could hold up. There were so many durability concerns, uh, a lot of ankle injuries and, and, you know, stuff like that that hampered him. And he's gotten past all that, and he's, he's just so crafty. He's the biggest, bulkiest, you know, guy. You know, he's wiry, he's thin. He's crafty when he does get to the rim. 
And, of course, you know his handle allows him to do that so easily. And like you said, you crowd that shot, which you have to do. And it sometimes doesn't even matter how much airspace you take away. It's, it's buckets anyway. But when he does go ahead and blow by you, he's got the floater game. He's got the, you know, English high off the glass with either hand game. Uh, and as good as he was last year, he, he started off, in, like you said, it's insane this year. Um, and, of course, I'm going to stay up and watch as much as I can tonight because you know, they're 4-0, the Clippers are 4-0. Um, Golden State has played already supposedly, quote-unquote, better teams than the Clippers have, but they're both undefeated. So this is about as early as a big-time regular season NBA game as you'll find. Uh, it's definitely going to be fun. We get to uh, see Cleveland and New York play, and, of course, I'm just wanting to get that to hurry and get over with because I'm ready to see Golden State and, and the Clippers. Um, Golden State, in their four wins, <laughs> they've they've they're averaging twenty five points uh per game margin of victory. They've outscored their opponents by a hundred points already. Uh, my Rockets were victims to one of those twenty plus point beatdowns because as hot as Golden State started, my Rockets started off <laughs> just as cold. Uh, they made history too good to me and it was pathetic history. They're one and three now thanks to a win over the Thunder. The other night, but they stumbled out 0-3, just like your Lakers, and they lost all three games by 20 or more. No one had ever done that. No one. Not even the Sixers who are tanking on purpose and, you know, trying to lose. They didn't lose this year, their first three games by 20, last year, and they've been tanking for who knows how long now. They have not done that. The Knicks haven't done it. All these pathetic teams could still avoid losing their first three games to start the season by 20. The Rockets go out and drop their first three by 20. You kind of saw finally uh, a desperate team, really, in the game against the Thunder. Kind of saw what they want to try to be as as Harden finally got out of his funk. Uh, As hot as Curry is, Harden was just as cold. He was three for 32 from behind the arts. In his first three games, it's like 9% from three-point land. Um, so after they lost their first two games, they lost to Denver, Kyle Lawson's old team, and then they lost to uh, Golden State. You know, James Harden comes out and says, we're too cool, we're, we're just too cool right now, we're cooling around too much, you know, too, too laid back. So, okay, at least we're addressing it, or so we think. And then they go to Miami, and build a 20-point lead, and then lose that game by 20. They got a 40-point swing in the course of that game. Uh, and I got Robert Little from Black Sports Online, a writer there, and of course, that, you know, been playing at Miami. That means South Beach. And Harden was all up in the club Saturday and then shot two for 15 Sunday. So, you know, draw your own conclusions there uh, as they suffered their third straight 20-point loss. Uh, it was good to get – a win against the Thunder because the West is insane. You can't, you just can't lose too many games that get that far behind and dig a hole for yourself because there's only eight spots and there's so many. Teams, you know, one of these games might come back and bite you. Where oh, if you got a win here, uh, you might be 
at eight seed, or you might not be in the playoffs at all, or you might be a four seed or could have been a two seed. You know how it's all going to play out come the end of the year. But um, we're one and three, so we're just a half game better than you right now. To be, the Houston's got their own issues to work out. Yeah, uh, I, I watched a little bit on NBA TV of the uh, that Thunder game uh, with your Rockets, and uh, Clyde Drexler was on the call, and I kind of agree with what he was saying that uh, Houston needs to get their power forwards back because it's kind of leaving yeah. uh, uh, Dwight kind of vulnerable out there, and, and he can't because of – it's hard to believe because of his age and, and some injuries, he can't patrol the paint like he was doing uh, in his Magic A day. So they need the power mm-hmm. forward to come back to really lock that down because they're playing good defense as far as, you know, for the first 20 seconds. And then once the shot goes up, they're just not getting those rebounds. You know, they're yeah. getting out-rebounded. They're losing possessions. They're not getting offensive rebounds. And, and that's the name of the game. If you can create more possession, uh, that's a good thing, and, and the Rockets just aren't doing that right now. So I don't know if I would hit the panic button just yet. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Uh, on your rockets, uh, because I think, you know, when the lineup kind of shakes itself out, that they'll be able to, to kind of be back where they were last year. Now, the the thing is, moving forward, will that be enough to to get them that two-seat? That's going to be the thing because there are a lot of teams out there that made moves to improve, uh, but I don't think the the, the Rockets, it's time to, to blow them up just yet. Yeah, and Donald Desmondi, Eunice, Terrence Jones will definitely uh, help because even in the win against the Thunder – they were down big in the third quarter. They had to battle back from a 14-point deficit uh, and go on a 23-6 to run to close out the quarter, get back into the game and take the lead. Uh, but they at least they showed some fight, and that's what you want. Um, and, you know, Lawson and Harden are kind of getting acclimated to one another. Um, a lot of talk about how Harden now will have to adjust to not having the ball in his hands all the time, which is kind of his game, but wears him down at the same time. We saw it 
in the conference finals against Golden State. Game five of that series, the closeout game, because you know Houston lost four games to one. He played his worst game, pretty much of the season. He set a postseason record for turnovers. Uh, it's just a brutal game. So now this will kind of take some of the pressure off of him with with Lawson coming in. Uh, but they, he was struggling from the field as well. Harden was struggling. I think, like you said, that will work itself out. Um, you get your power forward back, that will help. And Dwight, Dwight's health is is concerning, could definitely be a concern because they are already saying that they're not letting him play back-to-back. He's either going to sit the first game of a back-to-back or uh, play the first game and sit the second. So they're trying to kind of save him. They're kind of playing strategy games already with him, and the season has just started. And we know what kind of a grind the 82-game regular season is. So that is going to be in the back of everybody's minds and be a potential red flag too if you have you know health concerns with Dwight already coming out of training camp. It, it, it's it's father time, and, and particularly when you look at those big men, uh, once that bat goes, that's pretty much all she wrote. Uh, so they've got to do what they can to protect him because this is a marathon. It's it's not a sprint, uh, the NBA season. Uh, but right now, uh, particularly in the West, I think they'll appear to be the favorite. I haven't caught the uh, Spurs. I'd like to see how they're working uh, Aldridge into the lineup, uh, but you know the Spurs will will be in contention because that's what the Spurs do. Uh, it, it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm really excited about what the Suns are doing with that UK heavy lineup. Uh, I, I think they can make some noise and perhaps squeak into the playoffs. So it, it's going to be definitely interesting to watch uh, throughout the season. Yeah, for sure. We got a couple uh, tweets back. You resent out our tweet to start the show. We were just curious to, to know uh, who everybody's favorite team is. Uh, and we got Mike, CMC Sports fan, responded uh, at Cats Talk Wednesday. He's a Washington Wizards fan. Um, David Jarvis, CBN Sports, KSC DJ. Wow, long handle. Is an Atlanta Hawks fan. Got another one coming in. I've got the retweet of it. So we got a couple responses to Eastern Conference teams getting votes. Uh, Washington Wizards, of course, John Wall. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks, uh, right down the road from us in Kentucky. Uh, so we got a vote for the Wizards and a vote for the Hawks uh, so far. So that's cool. Appreciate y'all responding. Feel free to continue doing so at Cats Talk Wednesday, uh, and we'll read them off and see who everybody likes, and just have a little fun with that, because we are NBA guys, and NBA just started, and we'll be keeping our eye on it all throughout the season from now until the NBA Finals. So, you know, here we are staying up late already. I'm planning on staying up late (laughs) to check out that Golden State Clippers game. So it's going to be fun, and... um, it's just what we do, man. We NBA guys. Yeah, uh, and and let me just say this about the Clippers: the Clippers just have little brother syndrome. 
<laughs> until they actually do something because they're chirping at the Warriors. You know, they, they've spent years chirping at the Lakers. Uh, and it's to that point now, you, you've got the pieces there. You've got two of, of the, the top guys and Blake Griffin and, and Chris Paul or Cliff Paul or whatever he's doing these days. Uh, <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to do something. Um, you know, I, I was trying to actually do some research to see if they still cover up the Lakers' uh, banners during Clippers games. I have not uh, got anything definitive. But, you know, you're the only tenant of the Stable Centers that hasn't won anything. So the Clippers, you know, you kind of touched on, you know, Doc Rivers kind of chirping in. The Clippers just need to win. It's to that point, you know, they were mediocre for so long, and now they've had a pretty good run. You've got to get over that hump. You've got to win something. You know, people say, you know, L.A. is a Clipper town. No, it's not. L.A. Mm-hmm. is about winners, and that is not the Clippers right now. So let's just pump the brakes on that. But the uh, the game t- tonight, you know, I'm going to, you know, with these West Coast teams, it's tough to stay up for. But I'm going to stay up and watch some of it because, uh, I mean, Steph Curry, it's the way he shoots off the dribble that just, it's mind-boggling. And his release points are, are, are different. And that's just something you get – of course, natural ability, but that's just working on it. That's just yeah. being in the gym and just working on your handles. And and usually, and, and you know this from playing basketball, you can figure out where a guy is going to release the ball on a jump shot. You know, you, you know yeah. where it's coming. But with Steph, you can't even anticipate that because he, he might come out with a, with a sidearm. There's just so many releases. <laughs> angles that he has uh, that you, you just can't get to it. So uh, I don't think we've seen a shooter as good as he is with dribbles as good as he has. I, I yeah. think Steve Nash would be the would be the closest, but I still don't think Nash had the quickness that Kurt has. Uh, so it, it's going to be interesting. And, and speaking of Nash, I know he's working with uh, Steph Curry, uh, to kind of get those assists up and the turnovers down, and uh, it could be this could be the the new way the league is going, where you kind of get a point guard that can do a lot of different things. It's 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 definitely fascinating to kind of watch this this changing of the guard, if you will. Yeah, yeah, and for the longest it was before they won it last year. You know, jump shot jump jump shot team can't do it. Jump shot team can't. Can't win a title. It never happened. And well, you know, now it has and the season is early, but everybody's gonna have to get up to Golden State's level because you know, they're doing this right now. You know, Luke Walton is still just on the bench as an interim coach. You know, like Steve Kerr still having his input, but <laughs> Luke is over there, you know, running the show, if you will, until Kerr gets back from back surgery. And I mean, they are just out of the gates. Just, just, just. I mean, well oiled. No signs of you know sluggishness or rest or anything. The first game they played against 
of the Pelicans, you know, when they got the rings uh, and the ceremony, and, you know, the announcers were talking before the game, you know, a lot of times, you know, they have this one last look back at what all they accomplished, and then they, you know, the banner drops, and, whoa, you got a game to play. It's the opening night, and they come out a little bit sluggish. It wasn't the case at all. Um, you know, Alvin Gentry got his ring and then went over and was trying to figure out how to beat the team that he was just an assistant coach for the previous year. I mean, they have just hit the ground running, you know, beat the Pelicans twice, and, you know, popped my Rockets again, which is nothing new. Last year, regular season, the playoffs combined, they went 8-1 and one against Houston, uh, and they ran right through them again the other night. And then they just, I mean, poor Memphis, they just, you know, it's a shame how they did the Grizzlies. <laughs> that 50-point win they put on them. Uh, so as long as they stay healthy and focused, everybody's going to have to step up to where they are, you know, because the chances of them falling and slipping down to the pack right now don't look that promising. And, and the thing, they can they can jump shoot very, very well, but Curry and Clay Thompson and even Iguodala can get to the paint. They can they can attack the basket, and, and Draymond Green can has a, enough of a post game to keep them honest. Uh, whereas with other jump shooting teams, that was solely what they had. And a team that comes to mind is uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. I believe it was of two thousand one. Uh, when they went to the Eastern Conference semis with Ray Allen and, and Glenn Robinson and Sam Cassell, they were strictly a jump shooting team, and and and, and Ray didn't have that step to get to the the paint that he had in Seattle, and those kind of jump shooting teams, yeah, uh, they're not going to get it done. But Golden State can do a little bit of everything, and and when we say jump shoot, I don't think we've seen a backcourt quite as good as Thompson and, and Curry in the NBA to really stretch the the floor on both sides when they play opposite one another. And just like you said that, you know, Draymond Green and, you know, sometimes they'll throw Fences and Zeely out there, Andrew Bogut, they got just enough post presence to make you, you know, uh, respect it or have to, Acknowledge it. On the flip side of that, you know, Draymond Green is enough of a three-point shooter too that you can't relax on that either. I mean, it's it's, it's bad enough with Curry and Thompson, you know, the Splash Brothers. But then you say, okay, you know, the four man's not going to be able to stop and pop much. But Green hits a lot of threes. Harrison Barnes hits threes to where you like, you know, they spread you out from everywhere. And you really don't ever get a chance to, to even blink or relax for just a second, because even the post guys, you know, make you pay. It, and, and that's the thing is, I you know, I don't know if if this team is, is best ever. That's one of those uh, discussions for first take. But <laughs> if you're going to be a champion at, at any level. And, again, I, I sound like a broken record, but you have to be effective at what you do. You know, the Bulls and their triangle. You know, when Phil brought the triangle to uh, L.A., you know, when you think about the 
inside out post of the Celtics ran with McHale and and Parrish and uh and Bird. Uh Showtime with the Lakers. Uh and even your Rockets. Give the ball to Akeem and let him work. You know, the but the uh, uh, Warriors have an identity. They know what they're going to do, and now they know it works. So uh, it, it it's going to be tough to knock them off at this point. A lot of folks said, oh, they had an easy run to the championship. Uh, Cleveland wasn't healthy. Da, 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 da. I mean, they won a lot of games, regular season and playoffs, and they're right back at it. I don't see them being flash in the pants. I don't see them being like the uh, 2011 Mavericks that, that win and kind of fall back to the pack. I don't see that happening uh, at all. I don't even see them being like the, the Pistons. You know, you win in 04, you know, get back in 05, and then kind of fall off. They look to have some some staying power when you look at how they're playing and how their contracts are structured. I'm not going to dismiss what they're doing right now. Yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't just because you you may hold off on the the greatest ever and let a little more time for that, but you can't sleep on on what they're doing because uh, it it is working, and the next thing you know is it, it, it'll be the uh, the imitation of some serious form of flattery. Like I said, other teams will start trying to find point guards that can do everything. And then build their team around that, uh, and, and, and then you know get a bunch of shooters and 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 all of that. So that'll be the next phase. Everybody will be trying to copy it, replicate it, and duplicate it, and that's when you really know <laughs> that uh, they're making their mark. Then, yeah, cause, and you see that happen. Uh, we saw it with the Wildcat formation in the NFL. It was effective. Right. You know, when the Dolphins did it, and then the next year, defensive coordinators knew what was coming. So, uh, you know, teams are going to copy it, but there's going to be a counter move. Uh, You know, somewhere some defensive guru is coming up with a way, okay, this is how we're going to defend the the Warriors. And and let's not, uh, you know, forget that there were some games that they won in the the finals that could have gone either way. I think the Cavs, if they had healthy Kyrie or Kevin Love, uh, it would have been a different series, not saying that the Warriors wouldn't have won anyway. So there's some things you can do to slow them down, but it's going to take a special team to kind of do that. Yeah, and it's hard to do it even hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For the course of a 48-minute game, and much less an entire series. Um, I don't know if it was the Grizzlies. You know, in the playoffs last year, everybody looked at that as, uh, you know, this. You know, they're they are lunch pail, physical you know, grinded out type of team with a good point guard of their own in Mike Conley. Uh, and then you had the beef down low, Randolph and, and Mark Saul. Uh, and the contrast between those two going into that series was uh, what everybody was looking at. You know, that whole Styles makes make fight uh, cliche that everybody says. Well, that's what you had with them two, those two teams last year. I think Memphis won a couple games in the series. Golden State ended up winning in six. Uh, they've never lost three games in a row all year. So Memphis had a couple uh, successful games, you know, landed a couple punches. But for a, a seven-game series, <laughs> it's just hard to hold them down. Uh, same thing in the finals. You know, Delhi was, was guarding Steph, and uh, everybody's like, uh-oh, look at this. But, you know, Cleveland – was shorthanded, but you just couldn't hold down Golden State over the course of the series. Uh, you know, sometimes they have a, a bad quarter, and everybody's like, oh, oh, and then the next thing you know, they explode on you in the next quarter or in the second half. It's just hard to hold them down. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. But uh, the East, I think, is still kind of a – I think it's LeBron and the Cavs to take – I'm not sold on Indiana kind of being that challenger or Miami uh, being that challenger. Uh, I don't even think that the Hawks would be able to do it. Uh, yeah. What I would like to see, and, and this is kind of the fan in me, I would love to see if John Wall can get the Wizards to that two seed. Yes. Yeah. I, I think it's time for him to, to kind of flex his muscles, which he showed in the playoffs because folks uh, need to remember in that Atlanta series, you know, he missed a couple of games with injury. Uh, that could change that as well. So yeah. that's yeah. going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I think, uh, you know, as, as far as former Cats, Anthony Davis is kind of struggling a little bit to start off the season. Uh, I think it's the weight of those expectations kind of taking a toll. So I think he'll bounce back, but – you know, now he's in that conversation, you know, where people talk LeBron, KD, Harden, Curry, and, and now uh, with with Anthony Davis kind of being in that discussion as well, that's that, that's a pretty big thing. You know, I know he went to Kentucky and, and the spotlight is bright here, but when you're in the discussion of the top five or six basketball players on the planet, it, 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 it's going to take some getting used to, but I think he'll he'll bounce back and, and and be that Anthony Davis that we've come to see, if not even a little bit better. Yeah, they're they're zero four, but half of their schedule <laughs> has been against the World Champ Warriors already. So uh, that's that's two of the losses. So yeah, I think they will kind of get their legs under them, and um, you know they got that AC last year. It's not going to be easy for them this year to, to duplicate that. You've got the healthy 
Thunder team, if, if they stay healthy all year, because that's who they were fighting with last year to even get into the playoffs. Um, but I, I think they'll they'll get their legs under them. Alvin Gentry's a good coach, um, and he's already kind of tinkered with, with AD because, I mean, what a toy that is if you're a coach. You know, he's shooting threes now and, and stepping out more and even showcasing more on the offensive end. So um, I think they will, like you said, get it turned around. But in the West, you just you just can't afford to lose touch yourself in too big of a hole. Everybody run off and leave you real quick. Right, and with the – that's the thing about the West, because you've got nine or ten teams going for eight spots, so every yeah. every game really matters. And if you're a contender, you can't afford to, to, to really drop games. It's going to be interesting because you know uh, Greg Popovich in San Antonio likes to give his guys a lot of rest. Not saying that they will be barely getting in the playoffs, but as far as home court and that kind of thing, will he change that that mindset? You know, that's the that's going to be some, some different things to look at as this season progresses. We're going to see some of the stars in the West have to play some heavy minutes. You know, that's what's when you look at your Rockets and Dwight Howard. You know, if he's not playing back to backs, that's a, a pretty big piece of the puzzle that uh, was going to be missing on those nights. So can can they afford to do that while, like you said, keeping contact with those other teams? Because you really want to be top four. You really want to be where you have home court. And and if Dwight Howard is not, you know, if they're, you know, uh, come April, you know, March, April, if the Rockets are in a six or seven seed, you know, are you, do you ask more for Dwight to, you know, get to the top four? Or do you just say we'll take our chances? There's going to be some gamesmanship going on with rosters and lineups and, and how uh, minutes are managed, um, in the particularly in the Western Conference. And with the way Popovich rests guys anyway, you know, the guys who are really got the mileage, you know, Duncan Parker and Ginobili, now <laughs> the brilliance of them getting the Marcus Aldridge, who is a stud and who will eventually, you know, they'll, the team will kind of revolve around him. But now you've got him in the mix. Uh, David West, you know, who's older but can still can still do it. He's, he'll rest guys, but yet he's still got studs, and he can still flat out coach. So they're going to transition to where the team will eventually be, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge and Kawhi Leonard's team, which, I mean, they're just setting themselves up to be contenders forever, kind of like New England without the cheating, because the Patriots have been contending forever. And San Antonio is kind of doing the same thing. So you know, Duncan, greatest power forward ever, arguably, will pass the torch to LaMarcus Aldridge, who is a beast, who flat out just killed my rocket two years ago by himself, him and Lillard, because they, there was no answer for him. His little turnaround jumper from the baseline, 
because he was too quick for Dwight Howard, too tall and too strong for Terrence Jones, and he just he just put in work shooting those effortless high arc and turnaround jumpers. I mean, him in San Antonio is is I mean, it's props to the Spurs for doing that because they set themselves up for a long time. Well, and, and and that's the frustrating thing because that what they were able to do by bringing Aldridge in and still having Duncan, that was what my Lakers used to do to perfection. And that is the frustrating thing is they're still really, and I've been watching and waiting, but there's no feasible plan for Kobe. There's no smooth transition like that. And I think a lot of it has to do with Kobe's personality, but I think a lot of it has to do with with leadership, not doing things. I know they courted Aldridge, but but with Kobe there, that's that's not that's just not going to work. And I think yeah. had Daddy Bus, had, had Jerry Bus, if he was still alive, and if uh, Jerry West were still the GM. I think we'd have a different situation. I think that over the last couple of years, they would have brought in a number one star uh, to kind of take take over for Kobe. Uh, because when I, you know, I read the uh, that Jeff Pullman book uh, about Showtime, and uh, it was talking about some friction between Kareem and, and rookie Magic Johnson. And, and Jerry West, the GM at the time, brought both of them into his office and said, this is the way it's going to be. You know, if we're going to win, both of you guys have got to be on the same page. And there's there's no one right now uh, in the Lakers organization that Kobe's going to listen to like that. And I think that's why they haven't brought in another guy. Yeah. And speaking of things not working, that's, that's... – Russ is catching a lot of heat like he always does, so uh, it's going to be a long, drawn-out transition or, or, you know, maybe somebody starts flocking to L.A. the minute Kobe retires. Who knows? But like you said, that smooth, seamless, ideal scenario doesn't look like it's going to happen in the foreseeable future. Uh, speaking of things not working, transition back to college football, the, the playoffs is out, and Clemson is number one. And just like you always said, Georgia's going to Georgia, tweet it, say it, they've done it. Clemson is, you know, Clemsoning is afraid because of Clemson. So is Clemson going to Clemson, or are they going to make it all the way unscathed? to the playoffs. you got Florida State coming up. When will Clemson, Clemson? Will Clemson, Clemson? I, I, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, I saw that Dabo Sweeney, head coach of Clemson, uh, during the ACC conference call, that was the first question he got. And I've seen, uh, I've seen him answer other questions. Uh, is Clemson going to Clemson? Uh, the, the lead up to the uh, Notre Dame game, ESPN was interviewing him, and, and that came up. I, I think that's going to be the driving story and, and get Clemson over the hump. At some point, you think that they had heard that enough. And 
I, I love Dabo uh, Sweeney because he was the one coach who would good-naturedly jab back with Steve Spurrier. You know, they didn't. They, it, it didn't seem as contentious as other relationships, and uh, they were in a bowl game. Clemson was. I can't remember which bowl game it was, but they got manhandled in the first half, and he had the halftime interview. And usually, you know, you get coach speak, and the, the reporter said, "Well, you know, what are you going to get back in this game?" He said, "I have no idea. I don't know what we can do." <laughs> and I, and, I mean. Just that moment of honesty, I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm a damn guy. Uh, I mean, you, he didn't try any of the old one play at a time. He just, I have no idea. They've been they kicking our butt all the You know, so uh, I, I think Clemson hangs on. Uh, you know, there's a lot of fear because LSU and Alabama are both, uh, both in there. But, you know, they play, I believe it's this weekend, so they will cancel each other out. Uh but I think Clemson is kind of in the in the driver's seat uh, right now. Now that being said, I wouldn't be surprised if they did uh, Clemson <laughs> against somebody, but I don't think that I don't think that would happen. The biggest hurdle to date for them is this Saturday, Florida State. They get them at home, um, and then after that. I mean, the schedule is pretty easy. It should be. At Syracuse, uh, Wake Forest at home, and then at South Carolina. Now, you know, rivalry games, throw out the record books, and, and you know, that whole situation, you, we can coach speak all on that. South Carolina is playing a little bit better now that Sean Elliott, the interim coach, is in there, and, you know, Steve Spurrier, has stepped away. You know, they played uh, Texas A&M tough. They lost by a touchdown. Um, so, I mean, you never know. It's at South Carolina. And if Clemson's on Clemson, maybe <laughs> that would be, for, I mean, just gut-wrenching for them if they Clemson at South Carolina, given uh, how much better they are across the board in South Carolina right now with the rivalry. But, you know, Florida State this Saturday and then, three games where they'll definitely be big-time favorites in for entertainment purposes only for those who keep up with all that kind of stuff. Well, and, and let me just say, I watched the Wake Forest-Louisville game, and Wake Forest is terrible. Just <laughs> terrible. They they drove within the, the Louisville 20-yard line, I think, three times, that three interceptions. And then with game on the line, they bring in a stone-cold – Freshman quarterback and get negative yard, negative thirteen yards on the drive. I mean that Wake Forest is terrible, but uh, so I don't think they drop that game. Uh, so I, I think once they get over this hump uh, against Florida State, you know they can kind of cruise somewhat until the ACC championship game, and, yeah. and I think that gets them into the playoffs. Now, what's going to be interesting is. You know, Ohio State, that Michigan game doesn't seem quite as a give-me as it did at the beginning of the season. Uh, so oh, that's no. going to be interesting for for Ohio State. And we know that the SEC is going to eat each other. Uh, so that could leave uh, a TCU to kind of crash the party. So that's going to be 
something to watch for as the college football season uh, progresses. You know, it's still not the it, most perfect uh, situation and setup, but we're heading in that direction. Yeah, and I've said all year, especially since Michigan's gotten better, I just don't see Ohio State beating Michigan State and Michigan back-to-back. Now, they could and they might, and I'll, you know, tip my hat, but you know, Michigan is a lot better in you know, one year in with Harbaugh. They should still just be a one-loss team. If they- with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just catch a snap and, and kick a punt uh, against Michigan State. But both of those two back-to-back, I mean, Ohio State might bring it and handle both of them, for all I know. But that is a mighty hard back back when, you know, everybody in the conference hates them, but Michigan, that's the main rival for Michigan. Um, Michigan State, I guess Michigan would be their number main rival, but, you know, Ohio State ranks right up there too. That is that is very hard to me. As talented as Ohio State is, that is, that is going to be a tough double to pull off, beating both of those teams back to back. Yeah, and Ohio State hasn't looked great since the first half or the first quarter and a half against Virginia Tech. Uh, they, they've got some issues, and now JT Barrett, that situation. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot going on in Columbus, and not a lot of it's good uh, right now. Yeah. Which is why repeating is so hard. His own paper, they are still head and shoulders above everybody. Most every player from every critical position across the board is back. You know, all the quarterbacks were back. Ezekiel Elliott's running back is back. You know, they they brought them back most all their talent. But, you know, so many other factors on the field, off the field, that play in that just add potholes and obstacles when the team is trying to go back to back and defend their title. Um, another note, too, flip back to college basketball. We talked about, of course, Kentucky being number two in the country. The number one team in the country, North Carolina, uh, just got some news. Uh, Marcus Page, their point guard, it must be contagious. You know, broken hands are the things, the injury du jour, uh, leading up to the college basketball season. And we saw it at UK with Willis. Uh, and Hawkins both, you know, having injuries. Now Marcus Page 
says out three to four weeks with a broken hand. And if you go four weeks, four weeks from yesterday would be December the 1st, that, if he's four weeks, puts him right up to their ACC opener against Maryland, highly ranked as well, which will be a big-time game. So I'm not sure if he'll be back for that, but it'll be right close to the time for him to be back when they start the conference season against Maryland. So Marcus Page out three to four weeks with a broken hand, the point guard for North Carolina. I'm not as high on uh, North Carolina as as everyone else is. I don't know who they got, but from what I saw last year, I I just wasn't – I don't know. I'm just not feeling North Carolina. And maybe I've got my big blue uh, glasses on. Uh, You know, now that I'm belittling these other teams, I just don't feel North Carolina – I don't think they've got it. I was a little surprised to see them that high. I mean, you know, we saw who they had. You know, last year they got the big Kennedy Meek kid. Who a guy like that would concern me, you know, in the post, you know, with all the bulk he's got. But, you know, all the other guys, I'm like, yeah. You know, I'm kind of the same way, too, uh, when, it, when it came to them for whatever reason. But we'll see real soon. Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, this raise the ball is tip. Let's let's get it on. Uh, I'm definitely excited about uh, about basketball season. Yes. And one other quick note too, and then we got to close out the show, giving props to the Royals, and then we got to talk NFL because you know our sad struggling teams are in the news, and especially yours with the changes they're making. Uh, Georgia had to suspend a couple of players, a couple of defensive guys, uh, arrested early Wednesday morning, misdemeanor marijuana charges. Uh, they admitted to smoking in a UGA parking garage after midnight. Uh, Natrez Patrick and Chauncey, Chauncey made the best ones, Chauncey Rivers, uh, freshman. Um, Patrick is a linebacker and Chauncey. Rivers is a D lineman. They both have played not a whole lot. You know, they kind of cracked the rotation a little bit. So it's not, you know, like a, a key core guys are, are you know, going to be missing for the uh, Kentucky game. But it just kind of goes to what Steve Spurrier used to say at SEC media days whenever, you know, they play Georgia. You know, yeah, they kind of think we like play. Play Georgia early in the year because you know they're always gonna have a couple guys suspended. So <laughs> one of his many barbs that he used to take at opposing teams. But uh, this time around, you know Kentucky gets to play Georgia with a couple guys suspended. Other than they're not huge big time guys, but that did just happen down there at the University of Georgia. George is going to Georgia. I mean, that's that's. I I don't know how Mark Rick will be remembered in Georgia, but I I think underwhelmed would be the would be the word. They they just weren't able to, and it wasn't a matter of going against Alabama, LSU, and Auburn, but they always managed to not make the SEC championship game. That's going to be kind of his legacy whenever that whenever that ends. 
Yeah, and those losses to Florida, you know, didn't sit well. And a couple times when they did beat Florida, they slipped up against somebody else and, and, you know, Georgia uh, as well. We were going to have Nate Butler on on Twitter, a.k.a. ATL Sports Nate. He's always tweeting about the Falcons and the Hawks and the Braves and Georgia. But uh, he DM'd me on Twitter. He thought he was going to be off. But he's still in a meeting, so uh, we'll maybe try to get him on at some other time. We completely understand when scheduling conflicts occur and work gets in the way and all that kind of stuff. So props to Nate for being willing to come on the show. We understand when things come up. So uh, we were going to talk UGA with him, and I was going to have some few Hawks questions and some Falcons questions because you and I both follow and interact with him on Twitter. And he is all things ATL. He is true Atlanta through and through. So uh, he definitely would have had some, some Georgia knowledge about the sports thing down there. Yeah. Uh, the uh, With the Hawks and the the Falcons actually being pretty decent, it's a good time to be uh, an Atlanta sports fan. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Um so, yeah, we'll, we'll try to get Nate on again at some point. And uh, we always hollering at him on Twitter about something here or there. The Kansas City Royals handled business. You know, they came up short in 2014, lost to, the, to Matt Mays, San Francisco Giants, in seven games, due largely in part to one Madison Bumgarner. Uh, he was Herculean, superhuman, beat Kansas City three times by himself, or else the Royals would have won the series in 2014. So they had that bitter taste in their mouth all year long. Um, and so they, they were on a mission pretty much from spring training. Uh, they dominated the American League Central and made a mockery of that division when last year they had to, you know, scrap and claw just to make the playoffs. This year they cruised and once the playoffs started, uh, had a little bit of a struggle against the uh, Houston Astros, then took care of the Blue Jays, and then took care of the Mets. And uh, our friend, Mr. Kendrick, president of the Negro League Baseball Museum, is out there in Kansas City enjoying every minute of it. Uh, Jeremy Sickle, who we had on Twitter, who uh, has the soft game website that I sent to you and showed to you. He's a Kansas City native. They're just living it up and enjoying that first title uh, in Kansas City in 30 years. They won the last one in 1985. Yeah, and it's a good uh, – I saw pictures of the parade and everything. That's a, that's a good Midwestern town, kind of living in the shadow of, of St. Louis a little bit. Uh but I mean, they they did everything they had to do, and I, I really like their aggressive style, their aggressive base running style. Uh, that really puts pressure on your defense to make throws. I mean, you, you saw that in the last game against the Mets. Uh, you know, just just one throw there in the ninth, and that completely changes the game and lets them uh, lets them uh, get back into it. So. I, you know, I don't know the contract situation, but I would admit the Royals would kind of be right back, right back into it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Ned Yost, the manager, used to be the third base coach for my Atlanta Braves back in the day before he took the job out there in Kansas City. So congratulations to him and to the entire team. Salvador Perez, the big catcher with the MVP of the series. Uh, dude seems like he gets hit by something every game. You know, a foul ball gets tipped and hits him in the hand or the shoulder. Uh, follow through on a swing, catches him upside the head or in the back. I mean, the dude will no doubt rest <laughs> and, and let some of those nicks and, and bruises that a catcher has to deal with heal up. But he played great. I mean, the whole team played great. Uh, and and the Mets in that pitching, which I still think is a year away. When I, that's scary. I hate the Braves have to deal with those guys. But they just weren't able to mow down Kansas City like they did. I mean, they went right through the Cubs and and, and a lot of National League squads. But Kansas City, you know, they, they didn't strike out a lot. They made contact. You, you get two strikes on them, and they will foul pitches away over and over and over again so they get something to handle. Uh, working the pitch count and, and, and making guys work, they did the same thing against the Mets. And they were just they were just a better team, you know, and – they finished what they started this year after coming so close in 2014. Yeah, yeah, just and, – and you kind of see that trajectory, a team that gets close, it kind of falls off, and then they use that to fuel that, that run the next year. So you got to definitely tip your hat uh, to the Royals this year. Yeah, and – just down the road from your Orioles, the Nationals made a managerial change and looks like Dusty Baker is going to be the guy. Uh, former Giants manager, former Cubs manager, played for the Braves back in the day. He managed the Reds just up until a couple of years ago. So now it looks like he's going to be back on the bench for the Nationals. So, you know, no doubt uh, your family, Cincinnati, is your father-in-law and all familiar with Dusty, as everybody is, but now he looks to be jumping back into the mix as he's going to take on the national squad. Yeah, the Reds fans aren't too keen on Dusty Baker, even though he was able to get them into the postseason, so it's a little confusing to me. Yeah, yeah, and... You know, he was really close to getting a ring with the Giants. They lost in seven games to the Angels back in the day. Uh, but, yeah, they used to get on Dusty for was it riding his starters too much, not going to the pen quick enough. Is that what the one of the big knocks on him was? Yes, yes. He, he kind of grinds out uh, pitchers. But uh, we'll see what happens. They, they And that's the thing is he always has some success with uh, – with teams, that's that's the thing that kind of kills me. Is he's, he's a he's a very very good manager, so he could be the person to get the the Nats over the hump. Yeah, and that's the last thing I want to see. I like Dusty, but I don't want to see the Nats getting over anything. But he's got some pitchers to work with. I mean, Strasburg, if he can stay healthy, Scherzer came over from the Detroit Tigers, and it's a roster that's ready to to, to get over some humps. So. <laughs> He might be the one to do it. As bad as I do not want to see the Nationals do, he might be the one to, to get the ship right in for them. Um, yeah. Lastly, man, well, 
NFL, we gotta gotta talk about our our teams are struggling. Um, Dez Bryant comes back for the Cowboys, still not quite enough as they lose thirteen and twelve to Seattle. Um, five straight losses since Romo went down. He's throwing now. Um, it's just the division is still garbage, so <laughs> you can hold out hope. You know, as the Giants and the Eagles continue to lose. Dallas is still in striking distance if they can cobble anything together, which they play the Eagles this Sunday night uh, in another big division game. Uh, they're two and five, Phillies three and four. If they can get that and three and five at the halfway point, you know, get Rome just just try to hang on to something until you get Romo back. Uh, but that's what's jacked up the season, the injury situation. Uh, your Niners, man, you got you got the Davis trade, you got Cap, you got Ben. So I just can't wait to hear what you you're thinking and, and your 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 take on what's going on with the Niners. This is worst case scenario. This Ooh. is worst case scenario for the Forty ers As soon as uh, last year, it was clear that Harbaugh was not coming back. I think this was in the back of every 49ers fan's mind. Oh, no, we're back to being sub-mediocre. And and here we are. Blaine Gabbert is starting for the 49ers. And we we laughed and at the is. thought of that last week. We laughed at the thought of that <laughs> last week, Terry. I, I did. We both did. chuckled. <laughs> because how does – what? I mean, how do you make that move? And and here we are living in this reality. So this season is done. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Uh, I saw on ESPN they're going to try to move Cap. And I I still don't fault Harbaugh for for going with Cap because we were able to get to a a Super Bowl with a chance to win and, you know, get back to the NFC Championship game. So I think that was a good choice to make. But I, I, he he plateaued and regressed. The offense never clicked like it did, you know, in that run to the Super Bowl. It never quite got back on track. So it's a dumpster fire. It's I don't know how they rebuild. I, I just don't uh, I, I don't get it. I never understood Harbaugh because. A lot of folks will say that football coaches don't necessarily have that kind of impact. I mean, look at the 49ers and look at Michigan. I mean, just look at at the difference with Harbaugh. Uh, He's a guy that can make that difference. So uh, I'm still going to watch him and root him on, but this is is bad. This is is bad. Wow. Now, I was trying to just – Google some stuff real quick. 
Greg Roman was the offensive coordinator. Was he the offensive coordinator for Harbaugh when Cap and you guys were doing good? Yes. Yes. And now, and now it's Pete Chris. Is that who I'm? Is that the guy now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this this was a GM that, that was basically upset because uh, Harbaugh was getting all of the. Uh, accolades for the 49ers turnaround, and and here we are. So you want all the glory, and and now you got to deal with this. And I see that Greg Roman is now with Buffalo, um, and because I was thinking if Greg Roman was coordinator for the 49ers, I'm like, man, is it time for for him maybe to? to get ran because we just saw Pip Hamilton for the Colts got fired today for the struggles that are going on in Indianapolis, whether it be the luck hurt or just he's not hurt in the offense, just bad. Pep got ran, and I was like, man, are they going to fire Greg Roman? But Roman isn't there. But he's Chris. I guess he's going to get to finish out the year. I, I guess. I, I... <laughs> I have no idea what's 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 going on in in San Francisco. They don't know. It's just this is bad. I mean, this is this is bad. Uh, they had that game with the Seahawks a couple of weeks ago, and it just fell flat. And since then, uh, yeah, I mean, it was fool. That first game was fool's gold, and, and now you know, as Bill Parcells Bill Parcells says. You are what your record is. Right. And for any of this show that goes past hate, you can catch it all on the podcast um, at blocktalkradio.com slash cats talk. Um, Michelle tweeted in that she's been a Celtics fan since the Larry Bird days. And, of course, as we know, she cheers on all of the former cats. Uh, Edward Perez, his favorite NBA team. Well, 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 this will make you feel better. Lakers. SoCal's best then, now, and forever, hashtag 16 title. So there's that. Those two are the, the contrasting tweets of the night. Celtics and Lakers tweets rolling in to at Cast Talk Wednesday. Um, we thought we saw maybe the craziest finishes in college football as we come close to wrapping up the show. Uh, the Michigan-Michigan State game, the Georgia Tech-Florida State game. <clears throat> and then we go back to the ACC again last weekend, and we have Ed Miami trying their best emanate, <laughs> impersonate the Stanford Cal game from 1982. Yeah, but it, it, there were so many things that went wrong on that play that the ACC suspended the officials and the replay official two games which is huge yeah. because ordinarily you never see a a referee, official, umpire publicly chastised like this. It was a great play by Miami, but you see there were so many things that were missed that the ACC felt it necessarily necessary, excuse me, to to make this this stand. And and here's the thing about that. When you're officiating, 
you know, before a kickoff like that or, you know, basketball game, if there's so much time left on the clock, the officials and the referees, you get together and you know what to look for. You have to anticipate that we're going to get one of those lateral plays. I mean, that's just one of those things that you you have to plan for and, and be in the right spots and, and, and see what's going on, and none of that was done. Yeah. Sure wasn't. I mean, Duke now is 6-2, and two, and – for all intents and purposes, should be seven and one. They travel to North Carolina Saturday, twelve o'clock kickoff. North Carolina is seven and one. Duke, North Carolina football, and let's just let's just pretend, just for the sake of talking about it in this segment, let's just say Duke is seven and one because I mean they the botched ending cost them the game. Duke, North Carolina football, Terry, two should be seven and one team. A combined 14 and two. We're talking about Duke and North Carolina. I know I sound like Allen Iverson is saying practice right now, but we're talking about Duke and North Carolina, not basketball, football, both teams seven and one. The only team to beat North Carolina this year is South Carolina in the first game of the season. Now I haven't looked at the schedule and all that, but I'm we talking about Duke and North Carolina seven and one. Both of them. That's crazy. But here's the here's my takeaway from the Duke game uh against Miami. For the first time ever, Duke actually gets to complain about the officials. A call actually goes against Duke, which balances out all those questionable calls that they get on the hardwood. So of all the teams to to become a victim of of, of official malfeasance, it's Duke. And and you have to say to yourself, okay, the scales have been adjusted somewhat. They're not balanced, but they're adjusted. And, you know, the, the same thing is said about us. You know that every everybody's – Complains about you go in the rub. Was what happens? <laughs> we need Kentucky football to get some calls like that, you know, to, to balance that out. Then, if we, you know what I mean? Kentucky <laughs> football is is not where when when let's let's just look at Duke's schedule. Duke, okay, I'll look at both of them real quick on on Rivals dot com. Duke played at Tulane, North Carolina Central, Northwestern, and they lost. Uh, and then Northwestern just went to crap after that down later on. Uh, they beat Georgia Tech. They beat Boston College. Beat Auburn. A two-point win at Virginia Tech. And then Miami. Okay, so that schedule is not very daunting, shall we say. Let me get North Carolina real quick. And, make, you know, because Kentucky football, it is where it is. We're talking about respectable. We're talking about uh, Coach Stoops climbing to mediocrity and then how uh, difficult it's going to be to go beyond that. Kentucky is where it is. Its record isn't what Duke and North Carolina is. When you look at predominantly basketball schools, conversely, we aren't where Kansas is, who is always 0 in whatever year in, year out. 
outside of that one year that Mark Manzino took him to the Orange Bowl. So it, we could be where Kansas is. That gives a little perspective. We're not 7-1 like North Carolina, but we're not 0-8 like Kansas. And here's the North Carolina schedule. They play at South Carolina, lost, and then they won seven in a row. North Carolina A&T, Illinois, Delaware, beat Georgia Tech. That looks like maybe their best win. Wake Forest, Virginia, Pitt. And then they play Duke Saturday. So uh, I'm still glad I ranted about both of them being potentially 7-1. and one, But their schedules aren't, you know, hard hit if you want to. When you really want to look at them and break them down, <laughs> right? So, uh, <laughs> but again, with with uh, the Duke getting on the short end of the stick, I think everybody's okay with that. And, and real quick, right. you mentioned uh, Virginia Tech and, and Frank Beamer uh, yeah. announced he's stepping down, and and Virginia Tech for a stretch there. I think it kind of peaked with Michael Vick, but they had a, a run, especially special teams and playing Beamer ball, that going into Blacksburg, Virginia, was a really daunting task to to do. And and, and with him kind of stepping down, uh, you know, you just kind of hope the Hokies are able to find someone to replace him and keep that momentum uh, going for that program. Yeah, yeah. I went to uh, one game up there. Uh, one of our, one of our best friends there, the Tennessee fans. He's from down here in Tennessee, but him and his wife live in Roanoke. Uh, Mike and Jennifer, he's the best man in, in our wedding. Uh, we went up there to visit them. This was before either of us had kids, so this was I don't know, oh three, somewhere along the early two thousands, and. Went to Lane Stadium, went to Blacksburg. They were playing Miami. This was when both of them were still in the Big East. Here we go. Here I go saying stuff that dates us, TV, because you, know, you like to say we're old. So here we go dating ourselves. Uh, they're both still in the Big East. And Mike Michael wasn't there, but Michael's younger brother, Marcus Big, before he got in all his trouble, Marcus was quarterback for Virginia Tech. Um I can't remember some of the guys that Miami had, but Virginia Tech beat Miami like a drum. Like like you said, how, how tough it was to go in there, what an intimidating place, tough place to play. It only holds 65,000-ish people, you know, similar to Commonwealth Stadium, but the noise just bounced around that place. Everybody was raucous, not just the students. Everybody was standing up. Everybody was loud. Everybody was hollering, and it was it was a nice atmosphere. It was a nice setting, and I mean Miami had no chance. I mean I'm not saying it was you know Ray Lewis swarm fat Miami, but it wasn't the Miami that's losing 58 nothing to Clemson and now go to get fired. It wasn't that Miami either. So, but they were just dominated by Virginia Tech that night. Yeah, so it's going to be sad to see him kind of fade off into the sunset uh, when it's all said and done. And 
One more thing that's kind of cool, Virginia Tech and Tennessee, they've been promoting and marketing this for, I don't know, three or four years. They're going to play at the start of next season because it's going to be in Bristol at the track, Bristol Motor Speedway, because Bristol is about halfway between Knoxville and Blacksburg. Uh, it's going to be the battle at Bristol, which is just a cool idea because you got Virginia Tech fans around here and Tennessee fans up in Virginia, and it just kind of crosses over. And it's going to be fun. I don't know if they'll get 160000 in there, but the fact that they're playing the game at the track is, is kind of cool. And one last thought on Duke. David Cutcliffe has, you know, built them up, you know, schedule notwithstanding, took Duke from down in the depths and the ashes where Kansas is and built them up, won like an ACC division title, played in the ACC title game. He's doing some of the stuff that we're hoping to see Coach Stoops continue to do. Coach Stoops is in the process of, you know, the program by its bootstraps. Uh, it was cool to see that call go against Duke, like you said, but credit to Coach Cutts for doing some of the things he's doing at Duke because it hadn't been done since Steve Spurrier left there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that gives a, a little bit of hope that uh, we can get uh, – Coach Stoops can get the, the Cats over that hump. Absolutely. Man, had another fun show. Squeezed a bunch of stuff in. Nick's Cavs is about to tip off right now, which means Warriors Clippers will be coming in two and a half hours or so. Appreciate um, everybody sending in the tweets. Appreciate you dropping all your knowledge. And appreciate you making the show fun like it is each and every single week. That's right. That's right. Another great show, another good week. And uh, we'll see what the Cats do against Georgia and uh, see what Steph Curry is going to do tonight. This is this is the time of year. We're rolling now. We are rolling. Yes, sir. And it's going to be fun from now until now till June, you know, until the NBA Finals. And then it'll slow down uh, for that couple months through baseball. But appreciate everybody listening come back again this time next week catch us live or catch the podcast on our Facebook page or Twitter or um, here on blogtalkradio.com so he's Terry, I'm Vinny thanks so much for listening, hope you enjoyed the show and we'll catch everybody same time next week you listen to Cat yeah, Talk you with Vinny and Terry on blogtalkradio.com Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.